Hello, everyone, and welcome to the special Thanksgiving week episode of CGF Minis. I'm co-host Jacob Park. And I'm co-host Wyatt Keener. Say with Thanksgiving coming up, Jake, what are your plans? What are you and AJ going to do? I'll be spending my first Thanksgiving ever in Olive Branch, Mississippi this year. Uh, so, you know, on the, the long drive down and back, I'm going to be munching on some CGF Minis, probably a box uh, each way. And I think that's also what I'll bring to the Thanksgiving meal is a, a big bowl full. I don't know if they've made their way down south yet. So I'm ready to impress my in-laws uh, with a, a brand new chocolate treat. I don't think of the CGF minis as being chocolate. I know they are, but isn't the exterior like a, a sour taste? No, the exterior is milk chocolate. And then the interior is the, the sour and sweet candy. The interior is the is sour and sweet. Okay. Well, I'll just have to get a box myself and try them out. Thanks to our sponsors. Uh, how about we get started with uh, some small talk about the league activity? There's been a couple of trades here recently. Andy Dalton gets moved around again, this time to the surprisingly QB needy Bruce Matthews. We all tease the Bruce Matthews endlessly for their staple of QBs, but uh, if Zach Wilson was not going to start this week or won't start this week, then he was only going to have one starter. So he goes ahead and acquires Andy Dalton from you. But my big question thing I want to talk about is why did you give a fifth round pick to Brady for free? Well, there's a couple of reasons. Uh, first, most being that he gave me Andy Dalton, I think mostly out of charity. Um, he wanted picks and I wouldn't give it to him. Um, at the time, I didn't think Andy Dalton was going to start more than one week, which is why I didn't want to. Um and I kind of, I feel like talked him into doing that. So part of it was just uh, repaying that favor. Um, the other thing I noticed after I picked up that pick is that I was going to have nine picks uh, in the draft this year. And I'm just, I'm not going to have room to store all those players. Um, so I thought, well, if I'm going to get rid of one, might as well kind of pay Brady back. And I didn't want um, to feel like I owed him anything, especially for all the other drama we had going on uh this week um because that did come into our trade negotiations uh when we were trying to negotiate a cup kind of he, he felt like uh he helped me out and he wanted me to kind of scratch his back and uh, i didn't like having <laughs> that hanging over my head any longer so i decided to, to pay, it, pay it back there i tried to work it into the deal with spicer but um spicer immediately countered removing brady from the equation because there's going to be a pick sent to me and to brady and, uh, he <laughs> took that out right away so that was kind of He's... our my thought process Spicer is no nonsense when it comes to his <laughs> transactions. He is only business. Uh, Brian Robinson also hits the trade block for the third time in the past two weeks. Not getting much activity there, it seems. But otherwise, uh, pretty quiet trade deadline so far. It'll be interesting to see as we uh, head into the last week of of the deadline if anything happens. This is the last week, right? Yeah, this is the last week we can trade. So at the end of this week, it shuts off. Yeah, so see if any of the major contenders make a move. Speaking of the major contenders, let's find out who they are with a nice little standings read. In first place, after their second loss of the season, the Bruce Matthews with a one-game lead over the winner faces in second at eight and three, who in turn have a one-game lead over the Marley Magic at seven and four, who in turn have a one-game lead over the Gotham Knights, God Kings, and Matriarchs in 4th through 6th. Just outside the playoff picture, the Pit Kings are move up to 7th place, I guess, technically. 
um, with a win over touchdown to an Abbey. Two games out of the playoff picture with a four and seven record. And then tied for eighth place at three and eight are the touchdown to Abbey, Rocky Mountain Mooses, and popular ballers. Yep, still at the uh, the bottom of the pile there. Um, actually, I was going to change my hat in honor of uh, of last week's matchup real quick. Give me a second. Wow, so popular ballers hat on at the start of the podcast. And look at that. Now supporting the winner faces. Uh, are, you, <laughs> are, you, are you declaring a fandom for the playoff race? Are you picking sides Not a here? fandom, more just an acknowledgement that you've, you've beaten us six times now. Uh, you have a, a two-year buffer minimum, and that's if, you know, we played twice the next two years and we beat you in the playoffs both years. Even then, we would only tie our record with you. So um, this is just an acknowledgement of the the beating I, that we've been receiving for a long time from the winner faces. Well, shoot, it was, a, it was a pretty good game. The popular ballers came out to play, I'd say. They um, put up a respectable 125 points. So it was a good game, uh, thankfully. For Though Cooper Coupless game, that's pretty high for us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So bright future ahead for the popular ballers. All right, and that can lead us into our, our first matchup of the week. Uh, we had the popular ballers visiting Touchdownton Abbey. The all-time record between these two teams, this is one of the few that the popular bowlers actually are leading in the all-time series record uh, with a 2-1 lead over touchdown to Nabby. Coming into this game, the bowlers are on a two-game losing streak while touchdown to Nabby has dropped five straight. Um, other notes I got for this one, I think officially the playoff predictor, predictor at least says that the bowlers are mathematically eliminated, at least based on its 10,000 simulation. So I'm not sure if that... <laughs> means that just none of them happen to run that way, but it really is uh, statistically impossible for us now to make playoffs. Uh, but uh, yeah, so they're so a defeated Ballers team is, is coming in to play a uh, pretty down touch to na- down to Navi team as well. So, um, I mean, their owner has fled to Europe. I think he's kind of <laughs> gone for the season as well. Escaping the wrath of the fans. Uh, once more making a comment to the media about how Pathetic his team has played, not not defending his players in any stretch. Like you said, he's got bigger fish to fry overseas. Favorite to win this week, though, the touchdown to Abby are uh, three games out of the playoffs with three to play. So it's a, a tough road ahead, but you never know. Not eliminated yet. So um, Michael Carter might see a big week with uh, if the Jets do turn to Joe Flacco and Mike White, two quarterbacks who love a dump down. David Montgomery looked great as the dominant back with Khalil Herbert injured. Uh, Josh Allen might have a huge 40-point week versus Detroit on Thursday. We'll all be watching that as we eat our lunch, and uh, it's destined to be a Buffalo blowout in the Dome. That offense... Playing in Detroit for their second straight week, so maybe it'll start feeling a little bit like home after last game's uh, last week's game was relocated because of the blizzard in Buffalo. Touchdown to Nabby should succeed this week against the Popular Ballers. No offense to my co-host, but the Popular Ballers uh, have to, in my mind, as you say, with 10,000 10, simulations, not a single one breaking your way, it's... Uh, Time to start thinking about the race for the bottom. Rocky Mountain Mooses have been very aggressively tanking and have narrowed the points for margin 
to just 23 points that separate the popular ballers in Rocky Mountain Mooses. So uh, it could be a, a, fren a frenetic race to the bottom. Do you know if you play the, the Mooses? Oh, you do. It'd yeah, the 14. last matchup. So that will that will determine it most likely. Yeah, going to be a uh, gross affair to see who can <laughs> score the fewest amount of points. No, tough. tough uh, we mentioned the four running backs who are injured. It resulted in you starting Sonny Michelle this past week. Mart starting in this week. Um, Half the team is injured. I think Kyle Pitts joined the RAR. Yeah, Kyle Pitts. Week. Yeah. He might have been benched, I think, when I, we played anyway. I was kind of set up with his performance. <laughs> he joins the long list of injured ballers. Three running backs, Cooper Cup. I think McCole Hardman's out now. Yeah, that's true, too. He He's uh, on the IR, so he's out for at least four weeks. Yeah, tough, but you have to think Kyle Pitts should be the, the tight end one heading into next year. Surely Travis Kelsey will decline eventually. Mark Andrews will be... Uh, up there at the top of the pack once he's fully healthy but Kyle Pitts should finally cash in next year as the tight end one that we all know will be all right on to the next matchup uh, we have the Rocky Mountain Mooses visiting the God Kings the old-time record is 1-0 in favor of the Mooses their first season of course uh, Mooses are coming into this one on a three-game losing streak while the God Kings are on a two-game losing streak uh, you got to assume this one will probably be a free win for the God Kings. Uh, we've already talked about the, the Moose's tanking scheme that seems to be going well so far. Um, and I had my note, this is the type of game you turn on just for a second to see what jerseys everybody's wearing, and then you <laughs> switch the channel. Um, this is not going to be a pretty one. Yeah, I'm excited for the jersey reveal on Thursday. Should get uh, some eye candy for our viewers on the television screen. God Kings should bounce back from a very tough um, two-game losing streak, two games that had things broken more their way. They very easily could have won and, um, again, be right in the thick of this playoff or the, the conversation for the buys. But um, we know that they'll bounce back. Chris Olave, Austin Eckler, Antonio Gibson seems to uh, be really cementing his role in the, in the Washington football team offense after um, being on the fringe with Brian Robinson's return. Seems like there's room enough for both of them, so that's exciting. And then Devontae Adams with a huge week last week. The Raiders, for a few weeks this year, forgot that they had Devontae Adams on their team in favor of Josh Jacobs and Matt Collins, but it seems like Josh McDaniel's play calling has really made sure to get the ball back to Devontae Adams um, in the in the important moments. And so he went off for a big week last week. Undone, though, unfortunately, but once again by frustrating performances in prime time. Um, Rodgers played well in his start on Thursday night versus the Titans. Got the uh, the God Kings a respectable 20 points, but Robert Tunyon had a very tough week, only managing a few points. And all the while, on the other side of the field, for both the Titans and the Matriarchs, Derrick Henry popped off. And then on Sunday night, just absolutely brutal. Kadarius Tony gets hurt very early, not able to put up any points. Austin Eckler plays well, but um, doesn't have the eye-popping numbers that he's used to. And Josh Palmer uh, went off for his game, of the, the best game of his young career. So the God Kings um, should bounce back, as you say. Not much to say about the Mooses. A very tough injury to Wandale Robinson. He was looking very exciting. And uh, an ACL injury in late November 
is almost certainly going to be one that affects him into the, uh, at the very least, into training camp next year. We've seen players like J.K. Dobbins, who's um, had a much longer time to recover, um, still struggle with his injury. Granted, his was uglier than um, than Wandale's was, but uh, Gus Edwards as well, struggling with his ACL recovery. So it's, it's brutal for a guy who's built his career on agility and speed like Wandale. Hopefully he can come back healthy next year and be a wide receiver two, wide receiver three, put up some significant um, points for the uh, Mooses next year. But they've got a great stable of wide receivers, even if he's not ready at the start of the year. They should be off to a hot start with their young core and the draft capital that they'll have to spend this offseason. All right. I think that's all I have for that one. On to the next game, we have the Matriarchs visiting the Marley Magic. The old-time series record is 4-1 to one in favor of the Matriarchs. Both these teams are on win streaks coming in. Uh, Matriarchs have won two straight, while the Magic have won five games straight. Uh, so one of those streaks has got to end this week. Uh, yeah, what do you have to say about this one? Yeah, the Matrix looked like they were going to lose for most of the day Sunday. Uh, again, they started hot with Derrick Henry's performance on Thursday night. But then some disappointing performances from the quarterbacks, uh, like we've often seen. Uh, and yet... Middle of the afternoon on Sunday, Tony Pollard scores 36.9. And then we mentioned in the primetime matchup, um, which right before the primetime matchup, Gerald Everett was slated to start for slated to start for the Matrix in the um in the in the uh, flex spot. It's announced that Gerald Everett is too injured to play. He's not active. And I wasn't even sure because these um the active roster is only announced an hour and a half before kickoff. It's a lot of things going on late on a Sunday. I wasn't sure if, if the front office would be able to make the roster change in time, but they were, they slide in Josh Palmer and his 30.6 points are the difference. Uh, they could have had an even bigger week. Ezekiel Elliott put up 17.7 on the bench and some other points lost us, right? James Robinson. Uh, I think it was started in his place and only put up one point. So, um, Big, uh, a pretty nice week. I shouldn't say a big week, but pretty nice week from some other players. Odell Beckham should be signing to a roster sometime soon. Uh, and there's rumors that it might be the Cowboys. She's already got quite a few Cowboys, Tony Pollard, Dalton Schultz, and Ezekiel Elliott. So not sure if that's something that you want for the Matrix or not, but either way, rounding into form down the stretch, some public comments made by the Matrix GM this week that she doesn't even start trying until the second half of the season. I think it was in November specifically. So this is a championship tested team. They know the seasons are long. And uh, if you want to make a deep playoff run, matters how you're playing right now here in late November, early December. It does not matter how you're playing in September. It's going to be a tough matchup though. Uh, currently, Sleeper favors the Marley Magic to win this one and continue their insane streak. They're favored by 57%. The Marley Magic are. Tua is back from his bye week, but they barely missed him. Jacoby Brissett started in his place and had a monster week, 25.86 points. Tua should best that, though. It'll be interesting if the if Brissett keeps his starting job next to Tua or if they go with Marcus Mariota, though. Either is an exciting option as Mariota offers 
the running uh, ceiling with with uh, points per yard rushing worth much more than points per yard throwing. So uh, probably a good choice to start Mariota versus the Washington defense. We'll see if they can get the huge contributions from their running backs again this week. Uh, again, they, they've they done this uh, with surprise performances to Marcus Robinson. Um, Brandon Ayuk only had two catches for 20 yards, but yet those two catches were both touchdowns, and so he put up some uh, around 16 points. Donovan Peoples-Jones has been quite a breakout this year. So who knew the stack that you needed all along this year? was Jacoby Brissett to Donovan Peoples-Jones. The Marley Magic has it, and they're reaping the benefits as a result. Christian Watson should put up another 30 points versus Philly. And uh, I want to predict the Marley Magic to win this one, but at the same time, we've seen that uh, time and time again, we've picked against the Matrix, and they keep winning. So I don't want to put that curse on on the Magic either. Hopefully we see a good game here. What promises to be an exciting one as the playoff seeding implications uh, are on the table. Anything else you want to say about that matchup in particular? No, is there anything else you want to say about that matchup <laughs> in particular? Yeah, it looks like for the first time we are not matching up. This is my game of the week. Uh, the big win streaks drew me in. Uh, and I actually think this might be the most important matchup um, as far as determining playoff teams, in particular the Pit Kings' fate. Um, I think it actually almost matters more for, for their fate than the Pit Kings themselves versus the Bruce this week because – Looking at that, you got to expect the Brewers are probably going to win. Um, the way it's going to boil down, I think Pit Kings would have to win two of these last three, and Matriarchs would have to lose two. Um, after the Marley Magic, the Matriarchs have touchdown to Nabby and the Brewers coming up. So, assuming they'll lose to the Brewers, I got to think the Matriarchs beat touchdown to Nabby, um, which means whether Colton wins or not, they would be done for. So, I think the Matriarchs almost have to lose this week. For Colton or anyone to catch them, but uh, yeah. I don't. I think it's still possible. Maybe in a weird way, combo of things touchdown to Nabby could still be in it. But I, I got to think Pickings are our best bet of knocking her out at this point. That's a great point. Yeah, two games to make up over three. You expect each team to lose versus the Brews, so it's just a matter of what happens in those other two. I'm a. I think it'll be a great game. Um, both both teams should put up some gaudy numbers. We should see this one push up into the 180s. And both will have things to watch on Thanksgiving. Um, well, I say both. Surprised that the Magic actually have no Thanksgiving players. Um, so I guess I'll reframe it, frame it and say that they'll have a lot to pay attention to on Thanksgiving. Because on the other side of the ball, the Matrix are very Thanksgiving he heavy. Uh, they have Mac Jones playing on Thursday. They have Tony Pollard playing on Thursday. Monra St. Brown and Dalton Schultz and Ezekiel Elliott. So they'll have, uh, we'll have a much clearer picture of how this result is shaking out after Thanksgiving. Right on. All right, on to the next matchup. Our fourth one is the Brews visiting the Pit Kings. Uh, the Brews Matthews lead the all-time series score 3-1. to one. They're coming in fresh off the loss to the Gotham Knights, just a one-game losing streak while the Pit Kings uh, won their last game against touchdown to 10 Abbey. Um, Pit Kings are facing elimination this week. We could have our final six playoff teams decided if they lose this game and both Matriarchs and Gotham Knights win. I think they are uh, mathematically eliminated as well as the other three and eight teams. Yeah, it's uh, it was a huge win for the, the Pit Kings. And 
it was dicey to the very last moment. Both of us picked the pit Kings versus the touchdown to Abby as the game of the week. And it lived up to its billing uh, and Monday night, primetime Jimmy Garoppolo going up against his teammate, uh, George Kittle. Kittle had a huge game, but Garoppolo had a huge game of his own, putting up over 25 points and a signature Jimmy G performance. And you've got to think that he should be putting up games like that um, for much of the remainder of the season. Um, the 49ers are going to be competing for one of the top seeds in the NFC, but they've got a lot of ground to make up. So I expect them to be pedal to the metal, trying to put up points, and he's got the weapons to do that, Jimmy G does. Hopefully the the pit Kings are the beneficiary. They already have the one of the top quarterbacks in the game in Lamar Jackson. And they withstood an awful week from uh, steady contributors like Damian Pierce, a bye from Chris Godwin, Juju Smith-Schuster's uh, uh, concussion. And yet, despite all of their um, their issues in their biggest game of the year to date, they were able to pull out a very clutch victory. And now, with the RB1 in Denver, Latavius Murray, uh, they have the, the, the guns to go up against the big dog, Bruce Matthews. Bruce Matthews would have lost a medium point this week. We were wondering how they ever could have in the first 11 matchups of the season when we were talking about uh, the median standings last week. But they would have lost their second in a disappointing performance, but you know they will bounce back stronger than ever. Uh, Everyone looked very human for them. And of course, they were hurt significantly by the weak uh, showing from the Minnesota Vikings offense. I'm sure that um, Spice Knight is glad that he spread out his investment by trading away Kirk Cousins last year because if he were starting Cousins, Jefferson, and Thielen, he really would have left a lot of points on the table. But James Conner back in his starring role for the Arizona offense put up a nice 13 and a half points against a very tough San Francisco defense. Mark Andrews back healthy against Jacksonville. This team is just when you're starting to doubt them or just when you're starting to forget about them and all of these high-flying scores and performances across the league, they are here this week to reestablish their dominance and remind you of who the top player in a uh, top team in the league is projected for 188 points, a shocking number, a staggering number. I expect them to easily clear that and get back into the 200s this week. We'll see if the pickings have the muscle to match it. I think they might. All right. Well, I guess uh, if you have nothing else to say on that one, it is clear who your your game of the week is, and that is our our final matchup, which is your matchup. So it's a very vain of you, uh, but we have <laughs> the the winner faces visiting the Gotham Knights. Series record is tied two to two all time. Both these teams are coming in on win streaks. The winner faces have won three straight, while the Gotham Knights have taken two in a row. Uh, Notes this game, I'd put as a must win for Gotham Knights to have a chance at the bye. Um, and I will also say, I think if they beat you this game, that they will take the bye from you. Yeah. If you look I... at the rest of their, their their matchups they have coming up, it's the the Rocky Mountain Mooses and Touchdown to Navi. I don't think they're going to lose again if they don't lose this one. So, um, Whereas you would have to beat both the Marley Magic and the God Kings uh, just to stay on, stay on par with them. 
Yeah, uh, still plenty of reasons for both of these teams to be playing. The Gotham Knights general manager wanted to make sure everyone knew that he still had a chance at a buy and <laughs> posted it in Discord. I agree that I think that they're still the favorites to get that two seed, uh, one of the preseason favorites. You expect them to finish out the year at nine and five and the second best team in the league. And they should do it with a win this week. Justin Herbert. Uh, played well against Kansas City, but again, his numbers still aren't just reaching those high 20s or 30s that we expect. And what better time to get on track than versus an Arizona defense that Jimmy Garoppolo just sliced and diced. In Arizona, in the Dome, Justin Herbert should be putting up 40 points. Daniel Jones, we said he was going to run rampant last week, and boy did he, 26 against Detroit. Versus Dallas this week, he's going to have to do a lot to keep up with that high-flying Cowboys offense, and he should put the Giants on his back to the tune of 30-plus. And then we don't even need to go through the skill position players that they have. Uh, you hope Mike Williams is healthy. Uh, he was trying to come back from an injury and got injured very early, had to come out. Um, Joe Mixon also uh, left uh, left his game this past week with the concussion. You want to see this team at full strength for such an important matchup, and uh, so hopefully they are able to play. But if not, still exciting options on the bench in Pat Fryermuth and Paris Campbell. The Gotham Knights are withstanding some uh, midseason struggles, some injuries, some uh, difficulties with players like Michael Thomas and Mike Williams uh, to um, hopefully bring their best when they need most. A huge win this past week against the uh, Bruce Matthews. The winter faces on the other side. Uh, have been carried by their quarterbacks after a slow start for, for a few of them, uh, mostly because Justin Fields has found his form. But with his injury and a tough matchup against the Jets, expect the winner faces to start Joe Burrow with Patrick Mahomes, and we'll see what they're able to provide. Uh, Raheem Mostert and Ramondre Stevenson are both uh, kind of question marks with some uncertainty with their backfields. The addition of Jeff Wilson in Miami and the uh, return of Damian Harris from his injury in New England mean that we aren't exactly sure what kind of timeshare we're looking at, but you hope they make the most of the opportunities that they have. And then otherwise, that third flex spot has been in a bit of flux for the winter faces. Jake McKinnon has had it for the last few weeks. Daryl Henderson, after getting cut this week, is out of the picture, but has earned some of those starts. It'll be interesting to see which direction the winner faces go and if that player is able to make the difference in a matchup that they're currently uh, uh, expected to lose by 13 points. So it should be a real barn burner. Uh, I'm expecting this one to uh, be in the upper 100s or lower 200s in what should be a very exciting one. And I have to make it my game of the week. I thought if I didn't make it my game of the week, you would chastise me and say that I was being... <laughs> Uh, too humble or I was, you know, whatever. But I've, in my mind, uh, this one has the most impact on the top of the seeding. I know that Marley Magic versus Matrix has very important Im uh, impacts on the seeding at large and the playoff race. But uh, I think that both whoever wins or loses that one, there still might be a lot of jostling between positions three through six. I think that whatever happens between winter faces and Gotham Knights basically determines 
who's second, who's third in the league. And no disrespect to the Marley Magic, to the Matrix, to the God Kings, who also all have a chance at the bye. We mentioned that both Marley Magic and God Kings play winner faces in the last two weeks. And so if they win, they would also have that opportunity. But um, that's just my analysis. My prediction is that the winner of this game gets the second seed, which seems like your prediction as well. Yeah, I, I think I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, yeah, you couldn't really go wrong, I think, with any of the last three matchups is, is game of the week. Uh, they all have, you know, different things going going for them. Yours is probably going to be the, the best game, I would argue. Maybe the two, you know, biggest dogs going at it. Uh, but if you like the kind of David and Goliath thing, you tune into the Brews and, and Pit Kings. Um, I got to be pulling... I will be pulling for the Pit Kings. I think the rest of the way to stay in it as long as possible, just to keep things interesting with us not knowing for sure who's going to the playoffs and uh, just as a, a fellow team who's never made it um, <laughs> and a fellow younger brother, you know, I got to pull for, for Colton to, to find a way to get in and you never know what will happen if you can. So, yeah, um, I think we're exposing a bit of anti Pit Kings bias by neither one of us picking that as the game of the week because uh, we're kind of both making the assumption that Bruce Matthews are going to win. If Pit Kings won, that would do that would send ripples throughout the league, both for mm -hmm. establishing them as a legit playoff contender, but also giving them a very, very legit shot at the sixth seed. And then finally, you mentioned it um, on Discord. I don't think anyone actually thinks there's a chance the Bruce Matthews would fall out of first place, but the way for that to happen would be for the Pit Kings to win this week. So, um, I mean, they would still have first place on point differential, but the potential for them to fall out first place would require something like that. So yeah, a massive impact on the result of that match. I just, I just genuinely cannot wait to see how everything plays out. Like I just, the longer this league goes, and the more history and lore we have, like it's gonna get more interesting. So I'm mean, excited to see who makes playoffs. And then, you know, uh, will this be the year a three seed makes it past the first round? There's just all kinds of things that still haven't happened yet. So the three seed has been upset by the six seed every year. Yeah, I think both years. Uh, I might have to double check that. I don't think a three seed's ever made it past the quarterfinal. Yeah, because Touchdown to Navi got knocked out by God Kings last year. Uh, either you or, or the Brews Matthews were the three seed. That's I right. Think, it was Brews and they lost. Yep, that's right. The Marley oh, Magic, wow. So. It's cursed. Yep, and a four seed only made it one of the times. So, <laughs> so yeah. home field advantage in that first round doesn't do much, apparently. Yeah, the team's still nursing their wounds from losing the bye. They come in a little discouraged and then uh, get beat. So, well, we're well, getting close to. Uh... Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was just gonna say that's very true. I was both of both touchdown to Nabi in last year and Bruce Matthews in the first year very narrowly missed the bye. I was looking back at year one and Bruce missed the bye by two points over the entire year. <laughs> like the, it was their record was tied uh, with the matriarchs, but they had two fewer points. It's incredible how narrow that, that margin like one was. One catch, one, uh, one long run or catch, right? Yeah. Make the difference. And you wonder if this year is probably going to be very similar between the two and the three seed, whoever those teams are, maybe even two, three, and four. We'll see. It's very packed, very exciting, like you said. All right. Well, I got one quick question for you um, before we call it. Uh, if we make this go much longer, we lose our, our payment from our sponsors for the episode. So uh, <laughs> quick yes or no to this question. And then if you want to give just a few words about why. Um, revisiting a big trade of last season when Aaron traded you, Christian McCaffrey and Fuller for McLaurin, 
Osborne, 2022 second round, 2022 first round, 2023 first round, and 2022 third. Revisiting that trade, if you could go back in time, do you still make it? Yes or no, in a brief description of why. That's a very good question. You really put me on the spot here. <laughs> um, I kick myself for that trade a lot, but when I think back to you know, what I would have gotten from the players that left. I think I've been happy with it. Christian McCaffrey didn't help me at all after I acquired him. He didn't play again uh, that season. Um, we still won. So, you know, we got our championship and they say that no matter what you give up, as long as you get the championship, that's right. We see that play out in the real NFL right now where the Rams gave away all of their future for Matthew Stafford. And now they're terrible. And their first round pick this year will go to the Lions. But at the same time, they got their championship. So shouldn't they be happy? I don't know. I don't know what, what you want of what, what makes a person happy, but um, I can't complain too much. At the same time, Will Fuller has just been sitting doing absolutely nothing uh, since I acquired him. He's not even on a team right now, but yet I can't bring myself to cut him because I feel like I gave up so much to get him <laughs> as part of this trade, even if he wasn't the centerpiece. Um, I know that the first round pick turned into George Pickens. I don't know who the second round pick turned into, and maybe I should look that up. But um, Pickens certainly looks like a promising young wide receiver. Terry McLaurin is rebounded after a slow start with Carson Wentz. He and Taylor Haneke are clicking on all, on all cylinders. And that depth is what I miss more than anything. So while Christian McCaffrey has been a superstar this year, not quite his old self, but still one of the, the top assets in the league. Uh, I'm thrilled with him. Love having him. He's a very pretty boy and I'm happy. He seems like he gives me a little bit of a winter face energy. I don't know what that <laughs> winter face energy is. It's not as distinctive as like popular ballers say, but um, I think he is a good locker room presence. And I th I really do think that if I'm to, if I have any kind of a shot in the playoffs, it's going to be because of players who can put up those massive weeks. And there really aren't that many that can, but Christian McCaffrey certainly is. You need somebody who can have like multiple weeks of 40 plus points, um, like what T Higgins did for me last year, what Joe Burrow did for me last year. And I think that he is one of those players. It gave me the comfort to trade away Eckler too in this offseason. I don't think I would have made that trade with Brady had I not acquired CMC. So sorry, this turned into a real long winding rant. And I don't know, I don't know that it offers any kind of nice, neat solution other than I guess I will. I'll say it. I am thrilled to have Christian McCaffrey on my team. So you wouldn't I, undo it. I wouldn't undo it. Even as much as I miss Terry, as much as I would have loved to have George Pickens on my team. I wouldn't do it. You do you have you have my first in this upcoming draft too. Maybe that's the pick that'll make me upset. Yeah. Maybe we'll get some. <laughs> we'll see who I get. There. Yeah. Or it could make you very happy. So we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I don't know if it would make me happy. <laughs> I guess I guess if if he was like the perfect player for the ballers and had that swagger, that attitude, and led him to the twenty twenty four championship, that would make me happy. Twenty twenty three championship. Excuse me. Uh, how do you feel about having Terry McLaurin, George Pickens? Would you rather have Chris McCaffrey? Or are you happy that though? No, I'm I'm happy with the way nice. the trade uh, worked out, especially with what happened with my team and what I don't know, kind of entering into a small mini rebuild. Um, I yeah. think the picks are more valuable to us right now than McCaffrey would have been. Um, I don't think it changed our fate this year if we had him or not. I would think we'd still be fighting to even get in the playoffs. So yeah, um, and to spread out that that value over multiple assets is always good too for a team that's rebuilding. Um, that way you're, if one player gets injured or whatever, it's not crippling. 
Yeah, the main reason I asked, or two, what made me think of the question is uh, trying to find a partner to trade for Cup and the return just never seemed like it was as good as what Aaron got for McCaffrey. Um, so I don't know, maybe it spoiled me into thinking that the players <laughs> were more there. I thought Cup was more valuable than McCaffrey, at least at the moment, maybe with injury history and everything. So, um, yeah, I. When I was having those trade negotiations with Aaron last year, he was also shopping Cooper Cup. And in hindsight, I should have acquired Cooper Cup instead of Christian McCaffrey, but I felt like his he was like it was unsustainable. Like he was putting up mm-hmm. gaudy numbers and there was no way that he was gonna keep it up. And he has. I mean, he's injured now, but just an insane uh, stretch from from Cup. But again, I'm very happy with Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, and thank you for the ad for Cup. Uh, everyone, there's still one week left. If you want to offer more, make sure your opponent doesn't get them. Uh, now is the time. Uh, Best wide receiver in the NFL. <laughs> don't feel like I uh, necessarily have to move him, though, so it's got to be a good offer because he might, he'll might he still be a value to me in the next year or two. Um, That's right. All right, well, we'll, we'll stop there. Um, hope everybody has a uh, safe and happy Thanksgiving, especially if you're, you're traveling. Uh, maybe you're enjoying this podcast on the road. Uh, make sure wherever you are to uh, to grab a box of CGF minis and we'll see you next week bye bye